0: This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by Profitability Movement. Go to https forward slash forward slash profitability movement.mn.co to join this community of business owners focused on building profit, increasing wealth, and giving back. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. Branding. We all hear about branding from a marketing perspective. Marketing perspective. Most of us don't hear about the legal perspective, the IP, the trademarks, the copyrights, and overall brand protection. My guest today, Shireen Smith, is an attorney or, in the UK, solicitor who specializes in this area. She will give you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Shireen, welcome to Contractor Sense. Thank you very much, Ruth. I'm very pleased to be here. So um, in full disclosure, I was on your podcast, what, a couple of months ago, right? Sure. And you reached out to me and said, I've got a brand new book called Brand Tune. Would you like a copy of it? And I said, of course. And mm-hmm. I read the book and I was like, oh, my gosh, so many people don't think about most of what you've written in this book. And would you, be, would you like to be on my podcast? And you said, of course. Yes, I'd be delighted. All right, so let's talk a little bit about how you got to writing this book. This is not your first book, um, no, no. but how did, how did Brand Tune come about? Well, I wrote my first book nearly 10 years ago
1: um, because I was bothered by the fact that so many branding people I came across didn't seem to understand intellectual property. And yet, when you're turning ideas into a business and brand, what you're creating is intellectual property. So if you don't understand, you know, the right type of name or how you could protect symbols and colours and how to choose them so that they will constitute valuable intellectual property, then effectively you're leaving and a huge part of what should count in branding out of it. And so I just was bothered by the fact that still 10 years later, nothing had changed. In fact, the marketing industry don't train marketers in intellectual property So I wondered, you know, what is branding all about? Why, you know, why do they leave out branding um, IP till afterwards when a lot of people don't either protect their IP or they find that actually what's been created isn't worth protecting? You know, why don't they take account of it at the same time? And so I decided to really thoroughly understand branding and I trained to become a brand manager during the process in order to then be able to really understand designers and marketers, what they're trying to achieve when they are making choices of names and symbols and other brand identifiers. So that's why I wrote the book. And book will be published in September, correct? That's right, yes. It's out on the 28th of September, and we've got a big book launch planned. So um, where I'm going to be interviewing a number of thought leaders in the branding industry, like David Acker, who is described as the grandfather of branding, um, Rory Sutherland. Um and asking them, you know, why is intellectual property not taken into account during branding? What do you think is the reason? Yeah. So it should be quite interesting.
0: My guess, and I could be totally wrong about this, is they think they can do a Google search and aha, the name's not taken. Good. Then we don't have to go any further.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've spoken to a few people and one said that it's too much of a constraint. Creativity is quite difficult. And to have to take account of IP on top of it is effectively, a, it's a nuisance. And I, I was absolutely amazed at that. You know, it's a necessary constraint because
0: it's the law, you know. And, and not only that, you're in a situation that if you say, okay, I'm just going to change something about, I mean, you make the case in the book, about Apple and Apple's trademark and and everything else like that. And somebody just wants to add a name to Apple something or other. And you can't do that.
1: No, no. In fact, I mean, people have so many misconceptions around what you can and can't do when you're choosing names. And the fact that designers who are helping people with their branding don't actually understand fully what. Type of names you can and can't choose is really, you know, I think something that I'd like to change, which is partly why I wrote the book.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One of the other things, a couple, there's a lot of things that struck me about the books, a lot of things that, you know, I, the misconceptions out there, I mean, I had the same one that you write about in the book is that, you know, you put what you did it in an envelope, and you send it to yourself, and that's proof. And from what you say in the book, it's not.
1: No, no, absolutely not. Um, what well, as a poor man's copyright, that's often what people are advised to do, but it has, you know, you could have tampered with the envelope, so the court would not accept that as sufficient proof and
0: evidence yeah that that was around the u s for many, many, many years about how to you know this protect your copyright to prove dates and everything else like that. So mm. I guess it doesn't work well. <laughs> <laughs> no
1: So you obviously deal with businesses all the time. Do you ever come across intellectual property issues as a matter of interest?
0: I I do, and I refer them because I'm not a lawyer and I don't practice law without a license because I'd end up in an orange jumpsuit, i.e. in jail, and that's not my thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, in terms of the value, because effectively when businesses go into administration, like ASOS did recently, um, not ASOS, sorry. a group that owned miss selfridge top shop top man they went into administration recently and were bought by asos who only was interested in the brands and in the stock so they didn't buy the shops they didn't buy any other aspects of the business and just the brands were valued at a 65 million and 30 million was for the stock. So, you can often see the value of IP when businesses go into administration, you know, big businesses especially.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. they're going to be, the courts will assign the values, I assume, in those cases, correct?
1: I don't know who values actually. I think it's um, insolvency practitioners deal with it. They bring in various brand valuation experts. But really the value is contained in the trademarks. So if there's some problem with the name or you haven't got rights to sell, you know, a particular brand in a in a market that's important, then that's going to devalue the business. The value of the brand. So they would be taking account of what's been protected, how well protected is it, does it have strong rights, and so on.
0: Okay, cool. Let's get into that when we get back from the break because I've sure. had a few companies that I work with who have protected slogans and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to take a short break now. I am talking with Shireen Smith, whose new book, Brand Tuned, is coming out in September. And at the end of the show, Shireen, will you tell everybody how they can get a copy of the book? Sure, yes. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. You can't. That's what my daughter Kate told me when I said I wanted to make financials fun. The gauntlet was laid down. The red blanket was waved in front of the bowl. Ronan the Rubber Duck was born. This ebook is a whimsical look at financials from a duck's perspective. To get this fun, easy-to-read Kindle book, go to Amazon and search for Ronan the Rubber Duck Dives into Financials. That's R-O-N-A-N, the Rubber Duck Dives into Financials. Let me know if I made financials fun for you. We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. I'm talking with Shereen Smith, and we're talking about the intellectual property, the things that happen with branding, the things that you've got to really, really pay attention to and really protect. So before the break, we were talking a little bit about trademarks, and we were talking a little bit about some of the contractors that I work with. Um, One of them has a really cool trademark called The Coolest Guys in Town. And they license it. So if you protect it, you can license it, correct? That's right. Yes. That's the beauty of having solid
1: there effectively intellectual property is a type of property, just like land, and you can license it when you know the owner can license it. So
0: yeah, but you have to protect it. So that means what?
1: Well, often the most important type of IP for brands is trademarks. So the objective is to register a trademark. Not everything can be immediately trademarked, though. So you need a strategy to be able to eventually trademark it. Some trademarks, such as the Coca-Cola bottle, for example, are only capable of being trademarked if they are associated with you if consumers would recognize it as a sort of source of um, your goods or services so to, you need to promote something like a bottle shape and protect it in other ways using ip until you become sufficiently well known to be able to have secondary meaning for that term, for that shape, or whatever it is that can't be trademarked straight away. And then you can apply to trademark it. Some things like uh, taglines, like the coolest guys in town, your client would be able to register as a trademark straight away, provided it's distinctive as a mark.
0: Yeah, it was. They got it. They got it through another one. Um, Another one of my clients uses "Call the general and that's trademarked by him. And there's a really cool um, graphic that goes with it. So it's very distinctive.
1: Yeah, because really, unless you're in the army or
0: something, (laughs) the, the general is
1: distinctive. So that's the law is always looking at the context if you want to register something that has a meaning in that industry, then it's going to be difficult. It's not distinctive according to the law. Whereas if it means nothing in that industry, then you can trademark it.
0: Yeah. I I remember the the great trademark battle between uh, Domino's Sugar and Domino's Pizza. Uh And the court ruled, I mean, because Domino's Sugar sued Domino's Pizza over trademark infringement. And the courts ruled that there was no way that anybody could misinterpret sugar and pizza and let the two coexist, which I found interesting. Yeah, Yeah, that's
1: basically the case with Polo as well. That belongs to three different brands as a trademark, you know, the Mm -hmm. confectionery, Mm-hmm. Car and clothes because you wouldn't mistake them for one another. There's no confusion.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine somebody calling up and say, I want a five-pound bag of sugar, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would say I want a pizza in you know in 30 minutes or whatever it is, but I can't imagine asking yeah. for a five-pound bag bag of sugar. That would not be cool. Yes, All right. the
1: whole point of trademarks really is to avoid c- customer confusion so that you've got unique rights to be recognized by that name
0: or by that um, branding. Right. And you, know, you, you also talk about in the, in the book about the fact about picking a unique brand name because you want to sell the business. Um, even if you want to grow it, you probably do want something that's relatively unique, correct?
1: that's right because effectively you you don't want business to go somewhere else if you use a very descriptive name you know if people are looking for you in the book i give the example of um, a client of mine who had protected us tax and financial services she was one of the first to provide us tax and financial planning services and that's what she called her business and then as it became more and more well known you know other businesses began calling themselves by similar names you know us tax you can't stop them because it's not a unique name and therefore you just lose some of the value that would be coming to you otherwise so it's essential to have a unique name even if you have no intention you know, of selling, or you think you're going to sell it to someone who's going to rebrand. That doesn't matter. In the meantime, you need to have a distinctive, unique name.
0: So, do they consider? Does the courts or does the law consider somebody's last name or first name? Last name more so than first, unique and distinctive. Uh, not every
1: name. So a name like Smith,
0: like yours, <laughs> to,
1: yeah. Whereas. Um, Other names, obviously, like Dyson or, um, you know, I can't think of names, uh, Disney, most of these big brands were somebody's name, initially Schweppes, Mars, so many brands use the surname of the founder.
0: And that's protected, Correct.
1: Yeah. You can protect it straight away. It's distinctive. The only thing you have to avoid is using your name. If it's a very common name, then, you know, you've got the problem that it has to become distinctive through use, which is quite a big challenge, you know, to become distinctively known by a certain name.
0: Okay, cool. So there's, you know, there's minefields in this and, you know, Picking a name without doing homework and, and trademark research is probably not a good idea, correct?
1: No, it's really important to get advice when you are um, choosing names, because it's not just about whether you're treading on someone's toes or if the name is available. What's actually equally important is to make sure it can be distinctive so that you don't lose The business that would otherwise come to you. You know, you don't want to effectively have a colander instead of a container for a name.
0: Got it. Yeah. No leaking sieve, please. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Tell us where we can get a copy of Brandtuned. Well, uh, the best place is our website, brandtuned.com
1: where people can also sign up shortly to attend the virtual book launch which is happening on the 28th of September and hear my conversations with people like David Acker talking about intellectual property and branding generally it's going to be uh, there's going to be lots of Uh, prizes as well that people can take part in a consultation with me is one prize and a kindle um, and also amazon book voucher so it's it's worth signing up to it and you know joining and then there's also a special kindle price which will be reduced on that day to be able to buy it for £1.99 in the UK. I don't know what, what it will be in the US, but something like that $199 maybe.
0: Very good. So brand tune B-R-A-N-D-T-U-N-E-D right. dot com, yes. correct? Yes. Very good. Shireen, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you, Ruth, for inviting me. I've really enjoyed it. My pleasure. I have too. And thank you for joining us. Choose one thing you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email Ruth King at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.